0: Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour where we're talking movies, TV, comics and more. Join in the conversation on our social media with the hashtag ODPH, cause here we go. Welcome back for another edition of the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. What is going on ODPH Society? My name is Kenem. I'm the host of the ODPH podcast. Welcome you to the show this week, and I definitely want to extend welcome to the co-host. You know him. He is the one, the only Padawan Jay.
1: Hello, hello, hello.
0: Folks, we have some stories to talk about in the land of movies, TV, and comics. With everything being shut down, we still have some stuff to discuss. Some news has been breaking that we definitely want to deep dive in with you. So hit us up on our social media accounts. You can find them on OchoDurlParleyHour.com. Join in on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And use the hashtag ODPH because we want to talk with you. Kicking off this episode, there was a big announcement, at least for us, Of a show returning a little earlier than expected. Mm -hmm. Very happily surprised. And I know that the cast has been pushing for this with everything going on with C-19. Yeah. We finally got confirmation Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is returning to the ABC Network on Wednesday, May 27th. Yep. So this is going to be the final season to clarify The Swan Song. The Swan Song, it is a shortened season but it is still a season nevertheless. Pad and I have been watching since the beginning. Yep. Pad, what is your feelings on this?
1: It's it's great to finally get a, a confirmation and a release date for the show because I know it's been filmed for a while. You know, and I know Clark Gregg and some of the other actors and actresses have been really pushing with everything going on and a lot of shows being shut down and not, you know, people running out of TV shows very quickly to watch because you know their favorite shows are on hiatus because they haven't finished filming yet. You know, so they're you know the, the cast has been saying, "Hey, our stuff's finished. You know, put it out now, put it out now, put it out now." So it's it's good that it's getting put out. It'll be interesting to see you know how they end it and what they do with it. You know, and especially. Just like you said, we've been watching from the beginning. It's going to be sad to see
0: it go. It definitely be sad to see it go. I mean, this show we've almost grown with since going to New York Comic Con. Mm -hmm. Every year that I've gone has been the panel year that Agents of Shield has debuted since it's debuted, and just it's such a part of the ODPH podcast that every year that we've gone collectively to New York Comic Con has always been a must-go-to panel. High energy, the cast has always brought it to the fans. Yeah. And it's always just been a great time. And even seeing how the show has evolved yeah. to go quickly down memory lane, Agent Colson, played by the one and only Clark Gregg, debuted in the Avengers movie, in the early MCU movies, mm-hmm. and really became the heart and soul of the Avengers film by yep. Joss Whedon. And r- when he was taken off the board, which, uh, at this point, I'm sorry, folks. We are talking spoilers, so if you haven't seen the movies by now, I It's almost
1: help. 10 years old.
0: Yeah, we can't help you on that. So that being said, Clark Gregg's character was killed off, and then it was announced that Colson lives. The hashtag started mm-hmm. popping up, and then word happened of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and really was not sure what to expect with this show. Right. Because we figured, okay, well, it's all supposed to be connected as uh, Jeff Loeb, who was running Marvel TV at the time was always saying that everything's all connected so when you see a show on tv it's connected to the mcu movies
1: right and i remember when the show was first starting you know we were kind of speculating oh everything's connected i wonder when uh nick fury was going to show up you know he's the head of shield you surely at some point he'll show up for you know a, an, an appearance on the show at some point point. and i asked you and you said ah probably not till like the season finale or maybe the, the episode right before the finale nah first episode
0: yeah, it was a very big shock to see him on TV and to see how they introduced Colson and his new team. Yeah. And to really see how this show grew because it definitely needed it. The first season, I will be a little rough. the first one to admit, it is very rough. It is very cookie cutter. It is very much in the same vein of Supergirl Season 1 I'd on say CBS. Early Smallville, too. Yeah, it is very... Wash, rinse, repeat.
1: I'll say, like early seasons of Smallville, there was very much you know villain of the week or free. Th- it was called online freak of the week mm-hmm. because it was you know Clark dealing with some sort of like high school teenage drama, and then somebody shows up who's got a power because of the meteor shower, and you know he's got to stop him, and then you know whatever issue or drama he's got going on in the episode as a result. it was very much the same way.
0: Yeah, exactly. It was one thing to hear every single episode. Hey, do you know where the Avengers? Hey, about the incident. Hey, about the incident. We get it. We understand you were part of the Avengers. Now grow in your own direction. Mm -hmm. Because S.H.I.E.L.D. has always been the super secret spy, secret agency in the Marvel Comics universe, and it's long history of facing Hydra and being the backbone that helps the humans defend against the threats that the heroes or superheroes can't do alone. And just to see in the history of S.H.I.E.L.D. and how it has just evolved from being the James Bond organization to Mm -hmm. something so much more that to see that our heroes are now on screen and it was very disappointing at first, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. It was something there were some there
1: were some good moments. There there was moments here yeah. and there. Yeah, there were some good moments, but it really didn't find its footing and really pick up pace until the Captain America uh winter soldier uh, tie
0: in. Right, because in the first season they kept tying in that oh yeah, so tied with the MCU and I remember that was when Thor the Dark World happened.
1: Right, and I was really excited for that episode because they specifically like the episode right before it ended, the week before it ended And then they made a deliberate piece of like, you know, next week, because like, I think in the inter, in the time between the episodes, Thor premiered and it came out in theaters. And so you watched uh, agents of shield before, like a couple days before Thor came out and, you know, they got to the tree preview and they're like, next week, agents of shield will will tie in with Thor, the dark world. And like, and you go, Oh, this is going to be awesome. Like, how are they going to tie this in? And then you get to the actual tie-in episode, and it was like, oh, yeah, we're just kind of cleaning up the mess.
0: Yeah, it was so much of a letdown that I understand you're trying to get viewers to watch the show, but not the best look for Marvel to do at no. the time. I will say that. But they finally got things on track when they got to almost the end of the season, and they introduced the Captain America Winter Soldier universe right. to there, which they needed to. Well,
1: and you remember the episode, because, again, you know, they had the tie-in with uh, Captain America too. And they did it much the same way, but this time the difference they did was they actually included a clip uh, from Captain America 2. Mm-hmm. and it was the scene where Nick Fury's running from the uh, uh, Hydra agents, I think is what they were, in the police uh, cars, and and we I don't think we'd seen that sequence in trailers. We'd seen instances of Fury fighting in the car and like you, but you weren't really sure what was going on. But this was the first time we were getting a full look at this, and I just remember sitting there watching this trailer going holy crap, what the heck is going on? And then lo and behold, we get to the end of you know Captain America 2 and watching it in theaters, and I remember looking at you going, yo, S.H.I.E.L.D.'s going to be insane next week.
0: Yeah, and it was arguably their strongest episode at the time, without question, mm-hmm. and how they tied it in to the movie, it made perfect yeah. sense. Because that is what they needed to do from the jump. If you're going to keep sitting there claiming you're going to be a part of the MCU, you need to back that up. And then, until then, we never really saw that. No, But we finally did. We had the big reveal that Agent Ward finally turned mm-hmm. Brett Dalton's character, who was supposed to be the quote-unquote, I, I guess at the time was, he was supposed, supposed to, be to be the Banff. The, yeah, he was supposed to be the Banff of the show. I mean, he jumped out of a freaking plane to save, uh, what was it, uh, Simmons? Yeah, to save Simmons. It To see that he finally did the turn and he was the secret Hydra agent all this time. It was a really cool thing to see because, mm-hmm. like we say, most of the characters at the time, except for the Melinda May, mm-hmm. played by Ming Na Wen, who was supposed to be the real BM of the team, and Grant Ward was supposed to be the playoff of that, and they were yeah. supposed to be their heavy hitters. they the muscle. They, and they had Elizabeth Hentris playing Gemma Simmons and Ian DeCastecker playing Leo Fitz, and it was just kind of the little team that – was basing off each other and really like nobody stood out from that crowd. No. Even May and Ward at that time. Uh-huh. And I know they were trying to push Chloe Bennett as Sky and what important role she had to play. Right. And honestly, at that time, it was almost being force fed so much. It was it, we can refer to it in wrestling terms. Is like when we're forced to root for Roman Reigns uh-huh. and it's just a force. Yeah. You know to be cheering for somebody that you don't really care for. Because at the early stages...
1: Well, in the early stages, she was a hacker that was just kind of screwing with S.H.I.E.L.D. and she got roped into it. Yeah. And we were kind of like, all right, what are you, where, where are we going with this?
0: Yeah, because Coulson at the time really was trying to put this team together and basing everything off Bennett. And at this at this stage, it was just so cookie-cutter and so bland that nobody cared. But once we finally get to that Captain America 2 episode, which mm. I will tell everybody if you're going to start watching it on Disney+. Plus. That is the episode you should just jump into.
1: I, I say this: watch the first episode to at least get introduced to all the characters and, and know who they are. Then jump to the Captain America two tie-in because because the, the the pilots a fairly good pilot. Like it's fairly simple, like nothing too crazy. You know, they introduce they bring everybody into the team and they kind of explain things. It doesn't get too wild and crazy. It's a good kind of like prelude or preface to in a book. Mm-hmm. Kind of explaining who the characters are, and then you jump into the Captain America 2 episode, and you're good.
0: Yeah, that's probably a better way to do it. I mean, for me, and that's why we didn't really go through the introduction of the entire team at the beginning of this show, because honestly, it depends on where you start. You can yeah. really just jump in. Yeah. Because most of that first season is just not good. It's pretty much the same formula every time out until we get there, and then they finally give you with a great cliffhanger. Then is when season two really picks up, and you see different agents coming in. And this is when the show starts developing. It's 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 yeah. like so to speak, because then they start dealing with more Inhumans. And mm-hmm. at this time, this is when Marvel is really trying to push them instead of the X Men, because let's face it, the,
1: at the time there was no you know to quote Vince McMahon's theme song, no chance in hell they were ever going to get the
0: X Men back. Right. So at this stage, they got to do something, and they're also showing that they're bringing in different cast members. I mean. This is when the team really starts developing its legs and really starts going forward because they needed to do this. And the jump was very good in dealing with any humans. It really stepped up and did it. I mean, there were so many great moments of this, and especially my favorite S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, the one and only Trip. Yeah. Who, unfortunately, was killed off in that. B.J. Britt played him exceptionally on that show. I wish they brought him back more. He was, when his character was killed off, that was the first time we really saw somebody get killed off that we were all connected to. Yeah. Because this is when you saw the real change of the Terrigen Mist and mm-hmm. how they were trying to tie that in. And yeah. we saw the mysterious character of Reyna get turned into an inhuman as well, and it yeah. didn't go her way. And there was just so much they were finally developing and getting their legs that when it finally got time to go to season three, they were following loosely on the Jonathan Hickman storyline of the Seeker Warriors. Mm-hmm. And this was still tying it with more Inhumans. Because at that point, I think they were still planning on doing an Inhumans movie. Right. And they were really going to try tying everything with that. And that's when we were introduced to Kyle MacLachlan's character of Calvin Zabo, who we know is Mr. Hyde in the comics. And just seeing how this was all developing into, we finally understand what the big deal is with Sky, who turns out to be Quake, Daisy mm-hmm. Johnson from the team. And they based that loosely off the great storyline from Hickman. And I can't stress, that's worth a read alone, too. The book is very good and how it's all the sleeper agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and what happens and moving forward and seeing the other team members. Plus, we also see they tie loosely into some more of the Avengers history because this yeah. is when they have uh, Bobby Morris playing our Mockingbird. Yeah. They're, they're introduced on the show by Adrian Pilecki. That she comes on the show, and she's there for a little bit, and then they Really haven't. should have
1: done a spinoff show with her. I know they tried a couple times, and it just never worked out for whatever reason. Would have loved to see, to see a spinoff show with yeah, her.
0: Yeah, they, they were trying to do that with um, Hunter there. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the actor escapes me.
1: His, or she played The guy who played her husband on the show, or yeah. ex-husband, I forget the I Yeah, because the
0: at that point, they were trying to talk about doing spinoff shows, but the ratings were not really justifying it. Yeah. They, they tried, really,
1: like two or three times i want to say
0: yeah because it was going to be marvel's most wanted and yeah, they, and they wrote that, him on the show yeah. that they did something rogue against colson who at this time shield was going underground and on the
1: run yeah they they wrote him off and, like they left the show in such a way that like okay it, right if if the if the spin-off show doesn't happen it kind of writes him out of the show but at the same token if the spin-off show happens it writes him off of agents of shield
0: right so they gave him an out and it did it really pan out per se i don't know but for me season 3 started getting very strong but it also went into very soap opera land too. Cause, yeah, because this is when yeah. uh, Sky had her boyfriend that went into space, and this oh, was yeah. at least this was the final write-off from Brent Dalton's character of Ward, who mm-hmm. who turned into in uh, a, a human character and. Oh God,
1: yeah, I forget what the name is, too. Yeah. It was a weird-looking weird character.
0: It definitely was, but it was one of those based off the comics. Yeah. So when they finally have that big transformation for him, and then they send him off into space and, and go from there, this is when the show, it was like, okay, where do we go from here? Mm-hmm. Great ending. And then at this time, too, they were removed from Tuesday nights. We need to remember this, Yeah, that they were pushed back to a later time slot,
1: Because they used to be nine o'clock.
0: They used to be nine o'clock. And then they were pushed back to, I'm sorry, they were pushed back to 10 o'clock on Tuesday nights for this, for the upcoming season, season four. But season four was their strongest season by far and away. Mm -hmm. Ghost rider. Yeah. The LMDs, yeah. And welcome to the mainframe. Mm-hmm. That season stands out for so, so many reasons. That season reasons. was nuts. That season was nuts, but they finally looked like a later time slot was what they needed to help them.
1: Well, weren't they kind of like, wasn't Jeff Loeb and, and some of the producers on the show kind of pitching it that way? That like, listen, what you know, it felt kind of like a Paul Heyman promo or like a, a wrestling promo or just kind of like somebody trying to blow sunshine up your butt type of thing. But weren't they kind of. Pitching it to the audience and and the viewers that, like, listen, for the story material we're handling going forward, we need to be at a later time. We can't be at this 9 o'clock time. we got to be at the time where you can get away with some stuff.
0: Well, that's what they should have done from the jump, in my opinion. Yeah. I think they tried doing it so PG for the first couple seasons. That's why I would say we're only kind of jumping around from the history and making it very brief because most of those first seasons, while they did improve each season. Yeah. They still were playing it very they're still, safe. They're
1: enjoyable, you know. Not all the best episodes, but they're enjoyable.
0: No, there's definitely moments when you finally understand why they're going through the the ordeal of Sky, mm-hmm. and you finally get to the payoff that after she develops her powers from going through the Terrigen Mist cocoon that everybody hatches from, and either you turn to stone or you you come out of it looking like a different character. Mm-hmm. Um, you know whether you develop your powers or you completely you know change your body shape. This is where the show finally is leaning towards where it should be because being a super spy organization mm-hmm. it should have had more high risk high more more action more double crossing like really be a spy show yeah and we finally get that in season four where we have gabriel luna playing ghost rider who yep who did so well they were supposed to spin him off into his own tv show right and then we had the mainframe's storyline going on, where Fitz, who had suffered brain damage early on in season one, it was slowly showing that he started developing split personality. And we mm-hmm. saw Ada get introduced, played by Mallory Jensen, who was
1: creepy as all hell.
0: Creepy as all hell, but man, did great it, performance. Did it ever work? Yes, absolutely. Because yeah. once they started doing the LMDs, and then they locked everybody in the computer world. Yep. And it was such a nice throwback because you saw characters such as Trip come back. And you started seeing just the history of S.H.I.E.L.D. being brought back through this computer and seeing the other additions of the characters, too. Because at this point, we are introduced to Mac, played by Henry Simmons, who has the best weapon in all of comic TV. Shotgun axe. Exactly. And Yo-Yo is also introduced, Natalie Cordova Buckley. And we are starting to see how the team is having somebody with superpowers and how does it affect them. Yeah. And just basically, you're starting to see the emotion of the characters come out. And where Coulson really starts having his own writing on the wall because how he got explained, how he got his powers back, or got his life back, so to speak, very messy. He
1: went to a magical place.
0: He went to a magical place. I hear it's called Tahiti. Mm-hmm. And that whole storyline about Creed DNA, and, and they're trying to tie in so much that finally when we get to season four, it's more streamlined. It's more everything is broken down in different story arcs, much like a comic. Mm-hmm. That's why it worked. And to see that where they leave off in season four and they have their big space odyssey, mm-hmm. which is weird as all hell. Yeah. But it was still good. Yeah. But very confusing at times when they start meeting Enoch mm-hmm. and the big space odyssey with Kessis and, yeah. and everybody else. And, and there's just so many different characters in space and basically saying the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents are responsible for the end of the world. Mm-hmm. How do we fix it? And when they finally get out of that mess, right? even though there is – a lot of Doctor Who-ism yeah. about hidden bodies and yeah. characters are killed off. Yeah. I mean, they had arguably the strongest season finale they've had mm-hmm. because the show should have been done at that point. Right. And then they brought it back for season six, which is kind of a wild point.
1: Well, because the, they, don't forget, they wrote the season five ending as if that was going to be the finale because if I remember right, they weren't sure if it was coming back or not. Right. They weren't sure if it was coming back or not, and Clark Gregg and, and Ming-Na Wen and some of the other you know characters – said that, like, listen, we're not sure what's going to happen, so the ending of this season has been written as if it's the series finale. And you can definitely watch it that way and stop the show right there and, and be good, mm-hmm. like if you don't keep going. But then it got a very late-in-the-summer renewal for Season 6, like out
0: of nowhere. Yeah, it was very sudden, very out of nowhere, albeit we were happy with it. And the, tra- yeah. and the trailer also showed Colson, who was presumably killed off in the Season 5 finale, right, is back. And we don't know how. Well, he he dies at the end of this
1: uh, end of the season prior. You know, then you see him in the trailers, and then they open up the season with no, yeah, like McNally comes back to the to the base and goes, no, yeah, Colson's dead, and we're like, all right, wait, explain this then.
0: Yes, because it's completely crazy how they decided to bring him back. But kudos to the writing team for doing it. Yeah. They definitely took some chances with it. And then when we finally get to the end of season six, and albeit though how they do explain how he comes back is very messy. Messy. I don't think is a right word. It, complicated. It, yes. It's overcomplicated mm-hmm. because you have to factor in a bunch of different ideas to make it work. I don't know if it exactly connected as much. It Not was for like, me. It didn't. No, it was just like they really tried forcing an issue to explain it, mm-hmm. but we finally get to the end and, it's all set up that the timeline is now completely screwed up because rule number one of any comic show and time travel. Don't time travel. Exactly. Just ask Barry Allen. Yep. They should learn from The Flash. They should learn from anybody. So now they have a completely messed up timeline since they decided to jump to the future, jump to the past, and that's where we start off with this season. Mm -hmm. It is a short season, but we are set in the 1930s. Well,
1: don't forget. Colson's back again as something you've been saying since season one.
0: Yes, we finally have him set as an LMD, a life model decoy. Which
1: is something, for those who don't know, Ken was saying saying before the the Tahiti and Rebirth and and Cree blood and all that got factored in, Ken was saying from season one, that's how Colson was back to life, was that he was an LMD.
0: Well, if you know anything of the history of the comics, Nick Fury and LMDs are like peanut butter and jelly. Mm -hmm. They go hand in hand. Yeah, they do. So... If anybody wants to think of a dead character on Shield, and then you see them come back, it screams life model decoy. Mm-hmm. So much so that yeah, before we actually started the podcast, I was actually tweeting about this and uh, making some noise about it. Albeit, though I, I did start over my Twitter accounts. So. I, I
1: think I've got. I think I might have a, a message from you buried on my phone someplace from you. I'd have to dig for you. I think I might have one of you saying he's an LMD. I'll have to look for it.
0: Yeah, but it has been fact that, I, that I've said they're finally going to get there. That is where we are left off on this season premiere, and the trailer that we see that has been tweeted out from the At Shield, At Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. account, rather, is, will you accept this mission? And you see Coulson come out of his LMD chamber after everybody thinks that he is dead, and then suddenly has, has explained that his memories have been put in this robotic body, and he is back being, prof- or almost a Professor Colson. But he's almost like that at the stage, because now he's, he's going to have a robotic body. We don't know if he's going to have any powers. Typically does not happen that way, mm-hmm. but anything is fair game going into this final s- Season 7 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And like we said, they're now stranded in the past because of the timeline jumping that has been going on, Because their main antagonist, the Chronicoms, Mm -hmm. from Season 6 have basically had this elaborate plan of taking over the world and resetting the timeline. So now all the pressure is on our team to finally come through at the end and save the day. And they're doing the time jumping, which, I mean, kudos to them for trying to do something really different with this. Yeah. I will say this. I, I don't know exactly how this is going to pan off because, in the whole Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. universe, we have to remember there has always been one spin off show, and I do refer to this as a spin off show rather than a Captain America spin off show, mm-hmm. and that's Agent Carter. So, when Haley Atwell re- reprised her role as Peggy Carter and r- was one of the first original members of S.H.I.E.L.D., so to speak. Right. It was more tying into Agents of Shield. And they and they've had maybe a, a one or two minor crossover episodes to begin with. But they've never really done a full crossover episode. Albeit though it's time travel. Anytime you do that, you know how it goes down. Always messy. But this season, though, we have been tipped off that Enver. Joe Cage mm-hmm. is reprising his role as Daniel Sousa. Yeah. So if you've seen Agent Carter Season 2, you know who he is.
1: Which i got to refresh my memory on that. It's been a
0: hot minute since I've seen it. Agent Carter. Well, Agent Carter Season 1 was very good. Agent yeah. Carter Season 2 hit and miss with a lot of fans. I thought it was okay. I wasn't blown away by it. Mm-hmm. But I thought it at least warranted a Season 3 to finally finish the story arc. Yeah. But it didn't happen, whatever the case is. I know we'll see the return of Agent Carter on the What If series when that comes out. On Disney Plus. Right. So, so we'll just have to wait, albeit it's going to be animated, but it is what it is. And really, we don't know too much what else to expect from this news other than they've been really coy about how much they're re- revealing, other than it's set in the 1930s. There was a little teaser trailer at the Disney Expo that we did talk about, but really not giving a ton away. It's just going to mix in elements from the future in that timeline and seeing how our agents at this stage, who have all really grown in front of our eyes, are going to adapt on what we know is going to be their final mission. Right. So that being said, Pad, mm-hmm. what are you expecting out of this season?
1: I'm expecting some real crazy stuff. It's going to be interesting to see where they go with this just because um, this is taking place in 1931, which for those of you who remember world history, a uh, few years before World War II. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so it's going to take place before Captain America 1. So it's going to be interesting to see You know, how long they stay there, what happens, what's alluded to. You know, what's hinted at, you know, in the future with with Captain America one, you know, and it'll just be interesting to see where they go from there, you know, in terms of like years and, and kind of where they end up.
0: Yeah, this one, I just want to see them finish out with a strong story. We know that this is going to be the final Marvel production of, of TV movies. And comics under the Jeff Loeb banner, mm-hmm. because now all the TV production connections are now going under Kevin Feige. Yep. So it is really all going to be under one universe. So for the it's all connected, which started here with Agents of Shield, mm-hmm. and then spun out to Cloak and Dagger, Runaways on Hulu and Freeform respectively, and to the Netflix universe, which was supposed to be connected with this as well, right? With Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage. Iron Fist, the Defender series. This is the final nail in the coffin. Uh And Punisher, too. I got to remember Punisher. Yeah. This is the final nail in the coffin for that TV universe uh-huh. because once the shows start up under Disney+, Plus, whenever that's going to be because production has been shut down, and we've discussed this on a previous episode too, Right, Falcon Winter Soldier is not done filming, WandaVision is, yep. are they going to flip-flop anything? We don't know yet, still have not heard anything. No news. The only news that we've heard is there has been a lot of internet chatter about Daredevil coming back this year
1: well if if folks remember uh when netflix canceled those shows uh they there it was written in the contracts that netflix or not excuse me not netflix disney slash marvel could not touch though or do anything with those characters or anyone in those shows for two years after they, they ended so you know The show, the final season of Daredevil, was in 2018. So we are sitting here in 2020. So you know the season premiered by doing some research. The season premiered in uh, October 19th of 2018. So I would say, you know, this is going to be in the same vein of the Fox Disney deal that everyone, you know, all Disney owns Fox. You know, Disney's going to get Fox and they use the Marvel characters or the uh, the X Men characters. You know, they can't because if they do them before that date lawyers are going to get involved and it's going to get messy.
0: Oh, it's going to get absolutely messy. So we don't know what's going to happen with that. I'll be though. You're not going to see any of those characters involved in this. No, you're not going to see anybody from cloak and dagger arguably involved in this. You're not going to see,
1: you could, I mean, they own those rights. So
0: right. But you, you probably are, not, but you're arguably not going to see anybody probably. from that. This is going to be the standalone to send off. I mean, it started with agents of shield. It's going yeah. to end with agents of shield, which is kind of ironic in a sense that to see how far they've come with the idea of trying to do a shared universe on television. And to see that it's been hit and miss. And for the most part, they, like I said, since Season 4, they have really picked up steam. Right. And it's been more of a love letter to the fans since. Season 4 has been amazing, and it is the best season by far. I can definitely have that conversation on Twitter about this, mm-hmm. at OD Barley Hour. Season 5 was good. Not great, but it was good. And it was the, arguably the best season finale they've ever done. Yeah. Because they did it like the series finale. Season 6 is debatable. You can go back and forth about it. We covered it on the show here. Thought it was very good. Thought it was, uh, you know, on a second watch through, it's, it's decent. And it, mm-hmm. it's, it sets the tone for where they're going to go because this is, was uncharted water at the time. Yeah. Now the course is clear. They have to save the world, and presumably they're going to do it unless they completely want to pull something left field. Mm-hmm. Because during this time, they're, quote, unquote, uh, in the middle of the Thanos snap. Yeah from the mcu universe so depending on how they want to write it when it comes back or do they just write it off that nothing ever happened
1: well you know i don't think they're going to do anything with it because the ship is sailed on them doing anything with that on agents of shield just because we were waiting for that the week after uh endgame came out or infinity or whatever it was i think it was infinity
0: War. it was infinity war but
1: we were waiting for infinity you know week after infinity war oh you know it's gonna be great to see agents of shield tie in you know the snap with the, with the show and then nothing happened yeah, well, it, that's that's kind of like the one drawback and the one, you know, criticism I have of agents of shield. You don't have to tie in every episode with the MCU. But when you have a major event in the Marvel movies, you know, like an age of Ultron, which I know they they lightly touched upon it, they kind of hinted at mm-hmm. it in the show, but not as much as I would have preferred, you know, when you have a major event take place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, like an age of Ultron, like a, a snap from Thanos. Do something with it in the show because as far reaching that is like dropping part of a country from, you know, 30,000, 40,000, 60,000 feet, whatever it was, Mm. you know, it was terminal velocity or snapping out half of all life on earth. Mention it, like do something with it, tie it in for an episode. You know, they didn't do anything. They, they never tied it. Like, okay. Like I mentioned you know, Sokovia Accords and Sokovia, they, they mentioned maybe once or twice, but mm. they, they didn't go near it. The snap, they never even mentioned, and they never even explained why they didn't mention it.
0: I think because, no, if memory serves me right, and please correct me if I'm wrong on social media, they said that the events happened, I want to say, prior to the snap, mm. that, that it wasn't even tying into, that they were basically told, we're not referring to anything involving this season with the effect even though i thought they did allude to it that the snap was happening but
1: if they did they did a poor job at
0: yeah, it yeah was well at this point i think they knew that the connection between the mcu and their show was was well, was
1: well, yeah it was done because prior to that what was the last tie in they had cap to?
0: No, no they tied in i um, mean yeah,
1: they've had characters show up but in terms of like an actual tie
0: in avengers ultron they they tied in because yeah. there was there was the end scene with um uh, Maria Hill. Oh, yeah. That she yeah. set it up that the Avengers were needed back. Yeah. And Coulson was not telling them that he was back. It was it was something weird like that. That. Was, a, that was
1: another thing that annoyed me. Coulson's back on the show, and he's still alive, but the Avengers never found out about it.
0: Well, it was always something to see that we never got those big heroes to come on. And even with, like, big villains, we never saw come yeah. on. Yeah. We, we had the Absorbing Man. Yeah. Uh, that actor escapes me, but we had him come on for the show. And I know we had General Talbot come on, right? But he played a bigger role in the show, show, yeah, than anybody else. So to see the the biggest characters they brought in, they brought in Ghost Rider, which was huge, and I know they brought in Lady Sif, uh, Jamie Alexander's character from Thor, for an actual episode. Yeah. But then the connections you could see this that was severed. Even though I remember them being on Jimmy Kimmel Mm -hmm. and saying that. Yeah, we'd love to do the show. They just got to call us and let us know. Downey Jr. said that. Chris Evans said that. Right. Oh, I think Scarlett Johansson did too. That the fact that they never did that, I really think, hurt the show. Well, I think that just
1: goes back to the rumors we heard. And they're just that, rumors, that the certain sides of the uh, Marvel family at that point didn't like talking to each other.
0: Exactly. So when that is happening, that's going to hurt your show, especially when you're hinging on the connections between characters. Yeah. Because I always thought that they should have tried doing something with John Bernthal's Punisher. Mm-hmm. Storyline was there because there is a long history between Shield and the Punisher. Yeah. They could have delved into a storyline here and there. Right. They didn't. Is what is. I know that they had uh, Deathlock in there too. Yeah. Uh, and, and that actor escapes me too. It's been so long since I've seen that original series when that was really right. those characters were right. prominent. Right. That I know I'm blanking on that. Um the only, it's
1: kinda like though if if they were to do like a Star Wars television series with like Jedi in the prequel era. And then you never see, like, Yoda or Anakin or Obi-Wan or, or even Mace Windu. They're like, oh, yeah, the, you know, the biggest Jedi of that era, of, of that time. Like, yeah, we're just never
0: going to show them. No, and they just kind of leave it, it, it hanging.
1: It, like, you don't got to feature them every week, but, like, hey, make a cameo. Hey, make it show up. Like, come on.
0: Well, I think because, like, we, we touched upon, too, once the once the connection was severed, they really kind of grew on their own. And in some degrees, it went really well. Yeah, yeah. Season four is a yeah. prime example. Yeah. But when you're basing it on the MCU and you're not connected, it's a tough sell. Mm-hmm. And let's face it, that was their whole selling point in the beginning of the show. And how they had to adapt, granted, it took a while Yeah, they finally found their strides. Until... Like I say, to the end of the season, in season five, when it was moved to Friday night, that was considered the death knell. Mm -hmm. The fact they got a reprieve for let alone two seasons is really telling about how much Marvel and ABC had faith in this show. And that will be its legacy when it leaves. To see it end on a strong note, I will be very excited to see. I'm hoping it is. I'm hoping we get some cameos. I will completely laugh hysterically if Samuel L. Jackson shows up. Mm Mm-hmm. That he's back in the future, just waiting on Coulson, saying it's time for you to work or something, yeah. you know, something like that. Yeah, I'm just hoping they they end it with a strong note, maybe a little tip of the hat to the fans, and really remind us of why this show is so important. Maybe get a Sam Jackson
1: uh, appearance on it again, you know? End with a Sam Jackson, you begin with start with a Sam Jackson appearance,
0: end with a Sam Jackson appearance. Yes, and I think that's what they need to do. Can
1: you can you imagine if the final episode uh, of Agents of Shield features? You know, like, the team may be going off their separate ways. Like, oh, hey, you know, we've done our job. It's, you know, time to go our separate ways. And Colson goes and walks off and, like, rounds a corner on a street someplace. And we'll just say New York. And he rounds a corner, and Nick Fury's standing there, and he just goes, I need your help.
0: If only. I would just completely laugh if they came back and Thanos was just standing there, and all of a sudden you see the snap. Oh, my God. And then fade to black. That'd be funny. It would be incredible. Either way, we're all going to have to wait till May 27th to see this happen. So that being said... Are you excited about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. returning? Hit us up on that hashtag. Hashtag ODPH. You now have time between now and May 27th to start binge-watching. We gave you our starting points. Pat said start with episode one. I said season one, Captain America Winter Soldier episode.
1: Well, we'll start with the Captain America Winter Soldier episode, but, like, you can watch the pilot episode as, like, a good intro.
0: Yeah, either or. And start binge-watching. Definitely make it through to season four. Season four, you won't be disappointed. Trust me. Anything after that, I'll keep it fair game, except I really do recommend that season five finale. Definitely do. But there's some time to wait. There's some time to talk. So let us do that. Hit us up on social media. Hashtag ODPH. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Can you imagine a world immune to all forms of cancer? Ladies and gentlemen, The time has come for our fourth annual live stream for The Cure.
1: And this year, we need your help more than ever.
0: Please join us May 27th through May 31st for 48 hours of live content from guests and podcasts around the world. We'll be aiming for our most ambitious goal to date as we try to raise $10,000 for the Cancer Research Institute.
1: Please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com for more information on this year's event and how you can be a part of it. Together, we can make a difference.
0: Hi, this is Jimmy Gazdick from Princeton Brethren and Floodlands, and you're listening to ODPH. Welcome back for another segment on this edition of the ODPH podcast. And next week, as we are going to be recording, one of our favorite CW shows is finally returning. Uh huh. Well, actually, two of them, to yep. be specific. So, Pat, why don't you break it down? Yeah, so uh, after a little
1: bit of a delay with the C19 virus, I'm kind of shutting down production on some of our favorite shows. Uh, The Arrowverse, the DCCW slate of television shows, is finally making a return to television screens. Uh, So it's not going to be in its usual order you might be used to from uh, earlier this year and at the end of last year when the seasons started. Uh, So starting off, uh, first back will be uh, The Flash. That will be returning on Tuesday, April 21st. Followed by DC's Legends of Tomorrow, which uh, will air the same night, so back to back. After that, it will be, uh, but lost my place there uh, Batwoman returning on Sunday, April 26th. And then uh, returning on Sunday, May third, that will be Supergirl. So might be a back-to-back situation. Uh, so, but yeah, DC TV coming back to the CW.
0: And we can't forget too, May eighteenth on the DC Universe streaming service, and then on the nineteenth of May, yep, Star Girl debuts. Yep. So DC has a big lineup coming out for the next few months because so they it, had a lot of episodes, right? And they're gonna have to catch up because obviously with one, the C nineteen shutdown, there's a lot that they gotta really make up some ground on. We'll say they got seven episodes remaining with
1: Flash. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven remaining with legends. That's uh one, two, three, four, five, six remaining with Batwoman. Uh, and then they've got one, two, three, four, five, six remaining with Supergirl. And then Stargirl is its own thing because that's just starting.
0: Right. So obviously we got, let's say, oh, about two months worth of television. Month and a half. Yeah, month and a half, two months, uh, it's, which we can't wait to see. Yeah. And obviously the CW has been doing a stellar job since Crisis has ended, mm-hmm. the big crossover. Yeah. With some other their shows Supergirl I've been watching I know Pat you've not really been kind of into that no, much
1: I've tried I've like nothing against the show or the writers or the actors or actresses or anything. I've tried watching Supergirl multiple times, but just when I when, when I go to catch up on the shows you know because I, I you know I think the thing with Supergirl by and large was it was on during wrestling we were watching wrestling mm. so like I you know tape it you know watch it back on demand you know the following day. It would always be the one that, like you know, if I had if I had it, when I had a DVR, there'd be like a month's worth of episodes. Then I just had no urge to watch them, just
0: because I couldn't get into it. Right, and for me, I I catch up on demand with it. I, I will be honest, because Supergirl for me, and much like we talked about last segment with Agents of Shield, it started out so bad and mm-hmm. I, I, i'm trying yeah. to find a nice way to say it but i really can't because it was so poppy and sugary
1: and I, i'll admit i didn't watch season one you know just because it wasn't connected to the arrowverse it was its own thing you know it was often a separate universe and and they made cl- they made clear to say that you know before the season debut that we, well, you know we're not connected to the arrowverse this is its own thing you know yada yada so i'm like all right i have no interest like if i'm gonna i'm not gonna watch it like i'm invested in the arrow in the flash and all the characters there and and what they're going to do and how they're going to tie in together. And you've got this other, at the time, separate character that, you know, is off on her own doing her own thing. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not really. I, I want to see what's going to happen with this universe at large.
0: The only thing we knew at that time is Greg Bertinelli was producing both all right. everything under the DC right, and TV sun.
1: Season one was on the CBS network uh, before it moved to CW
0: for season two. Right. And the only time that they ever kind of crossed paths was there was the Flash Supergirl crossover.
1: Yeah, they, they had to do some weird, funky stuff in the episode to make that happen, though.
0: Right. And obviously time travel. And we just say reasons. But once CW acquired the rights to Supergirl after it was released yep. from CBS, this is when the show really started picking up some steam. And, and like I say, it, it echoes a lot from the C, from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. That is it is important to say that a uh, show could spin out from a movie and really carry a legacy like S.H.I.E.L.D. did. Right. Because that's what S.H.I.E.L.D.'s legacy is going to be at the end of the day, depending on how they finish out strong, is they showed that this could work. S.H.I.E.L.D. did kind of have a little influence to say to DC that this could work as well, but to see how Supergirl spawned out and became such a strong part of the CW universe, and this is the first time that they really took up the idea of doing a shared universe, too. Right. We need to remember. Yeah. To see how it's all panned out and see how the show has grown, they have definitely taken a lot of chances, and they definitely have really expanded the rogues gallery and characters of Kara Danvers to where this season... It has been strong, even though they're kind of tying into the Leviathan storyline or taking their interpretation of it. But I will say this, though. Mm-hmm. Where she, where Supergirl has been very hit and miss at times, and there's no other way to describe it, they have been hitting their strides since they came back from Crisis. Right. And I think that that really helps. I mean, obviously bringing back characters such as Wynn and really seeing a change in the character Brainiac 5 and the storylines that they had going on there – and even to their 100th episode, which was incredible with Mr. Mm Plick, To see how this show has really grown and and started slowly finding its groove has been a really strong asset that they really need to capitalize on. Like I say, much like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. did, it took a couple seasons, and luckily the network stuck with them enough to do it. Mm -hmm. Supergirl is now benefiting from it, and I think their second half since Crisis has really helped. But it also is a strong point to make that they're now in a shared universe. Mm -hmm. So if they want to do crossovers, it helps them. Yeah. Whereas, like I said, S.H.I.E.L.D. did not have that opportunity. No. But Flash has been one that has been really carrying the flag, so to speak, of the CW universe for a very long time Yeah. Where Arrow was the one that got the ball rolling. Right. Arrow, as we've documented many times has been very hit and miss.
1: Yeah, Arrow kind of, it's the ball, you know, the kick that got the ball rolling and was definitely, you know, the flagship of the universe because, hey, Arrowverse. Mm -hmm. You know, but I think after a point, once Flash really, you know, established its footing and got going, it kind of became the kind of the torchbearer for, like, you know, whatever huge crossover big event was going to happen because Arrow would be there and he'd be participating and they'd have, you know, episodes relating to what was going to happen leading up to it. You know, but he was also kind of off doing his own thing.
0: Right, which Arrow has always done that. Arrow, yeah. to see the interpretation of Stephen Amell really try merging Batman with Arrow, mm-hmm. like I say... It, it worked d- for some stuff. It worked for some no, stuff. I didn't for others. didn't for others. It is, you it put very, very on point there. To so see how this pans out for The Flash, though, The Flash did start out strong and has been kind of fading mm-hmm. a little bit, albeit, though... Once again, after Crisis, it seems to find its footing. Yeah. And where they've gone to doing the split season of villains has helped them. Yeah. Albeit, though, I wish they had a stronger use of the rogues gallery, which I think they're dropping the ball on.
1: Yeah, no, they are. But I will also say I'm happy they're not using another speedster.
0: I'm happy, too. But like I say, I was when
1: you do that for like three seasons in a row, it gets kind of old.
0: Well, the Savitar was such a, a misstep. And that's the curse of the CW, too. Season three is always the weakest season. Yeah. I don't know why. It just is. And for every show that's been on there, and let's face it, it's been that. Yeah. For Flash, though, they seem to be getting back on track, though, with their current storyline. Albeit, certain characters are really weighing down right mm-hmm. now. The whole Iris storyline is just... its It's gone on too long. It's gone on way too long. Where Flash is going and how they're setting up the Elongated Man's storyline, too, is going to be right. a nice twist from what you see in the comics. Yeah. So... That part I think we're excited to see, and when they come back on the 21st, that's going to be the benchmark to see because how are they going to tie this up? And especially now that The Shadow of Oliver Queen is gone, mm-hmm. the series has really been picking up. And the Shadow
1: of Oliver Queen is gone, and thus far uh, we haven't heard anything about the, the spinoff being picked up for series. Correct.
0: The only spin-off that we know is, is getting taped is Superman and Lois. Yep. And to see what that implies for the future is Supergirl – is anybody's guess, I fear that they are going to be canceling Supergirl. Could be. Or at least what I think they should do is cancel it as it is now but transition it into the Legion of Superheroes. I
1: forget because I read somewhere a couple months ago how Melissa Benoit's contract works, and I can't remember if it's up after this season or it's got one more on
0: it. It's it's, it's one of the two. It's next season because every show was renewed. Oh, okay. Because flash because yeah. Flash was renewed. Yeah, Supergirl was and
1: renewed. if I'm not okay, so if I'm not mistaken, Melissa Benoist's contract is up after next season, and so is Grant Gustin's.
0: Right. So there is going to be a changing of the guard, presumably that we know. So and they've already t- taken steps with that with Batwoman, which has yeah. been, which has been getting better, yeah. but has had some of similar faults that Arrow had.
1: Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing with Bat, with Batwoman was, you know, the first couple episodes, I, f- I feel were relying too heavily on Batman and Bruce and that whole thing, and like trying to be Batman and trying to be Bruce, which for story purposes, I'm like, okay, I get this. But, you know, I think it was episode three, maybe, where she finally decided, I'm not Batman. I can't be Batman. I'm going to be my own was
0: where it got better. Mm-hmm. And the show has steadily improved. I will say that. That for where it's going to be at the end of season one. that I'm glad they got a season two renewal Yeah, because I think it's definitely worth a shot taking that. They can do some real interesting things with that. They can definitely go some places, and if they start following some of the comic storylines, I think that could help. Mm-hmm. Like, Do I think they're going to add the character a punchline? Probably not. No. But I'm going to say this. I wouldn't doubt it happening. I'm not saying no. I've heard anything, yeah. but I'm just going to go out on a rough shot that depending on how they want to dance around the Batman rogues gallery. Right. You well, could see a character Rose like that. galleries
1: could be interesting. I know they won't go anywhere near Joker mm-hmm. just because that whole ball of wax. They won't go anywhere near Harley Quinn just because of the movies. Um, Solomon Grundy is out because he's on Stargirl. Right. Um, I think Two-Face might be interesting. Uh, Two-Face, you could see. Riddler would be, I think, real interesting to see. Maybe a penguin you know, down the road. Maybe. I don't
0: know. I, it could definitely happen. I mean, the closest we've gotten to a major Batman villain was Ra's al Ghul on the Arrow season three. Right. But albeit you can't swap Oliver Queen for Bruce Wayne or no. vice versa rather no. and make that storyline work because it didn't. It, it felt completely flat. So if they want to really tamper around with that for the next season of Batwoman, who knows? Because we do know, like we stated, all the CW shows have been renewed for the, the DC universe. Yep. Black Lightning is coming back. Yep. Legends of Tomorrow is coming back, even though it just came back too. Yeah. It's the second half season. Where they go, those shows, I think they're going to need the big ratings push. Otherwise, it could be a short season, which we have talked about here yeah. on the show before.
1: Yeah. I mean, the big thing with Legends Legends is it does okay in ratings, it doesn't do great. But the big issue with Legends is because of the nature of the material, where it's a lot of CGI and a lot of costumes and a lot of sets that need to get built, it's very high budget.
0: It's very high budget and for what it's it originally intended to be, I think it's gone and veered its own course. Yeah. But I don't necessarily know how the fans are are really making it must-watch TV. Mm-hmm. Just for the simple fact that like we watch it, it's very enjoyable. Yeah. But you also if you enjoy Doctor Who, yeah, there are quite a lot of homages to Doctor Who in this. Right. You have to really look, but you can see it's American Doctor Who. Right. So that being said, for where they're going to try going for the next season, albeit is going to go for one more season at least, mm-hmm. but they're going to need to do something really dramatic to shake up. They're going to be losing key cast members. Yep. And to add, uh, I want to say B superheroes, they're going to need to add an A in there at some point. Mm-hmm. What I think they should probably do, is add Martian Manhunter Ooh, to the show? I think I he, can see I, that. Yeah, I, I think he'd be a great yeah. addition to that show, and maybe add somebody else too from another show. I like for me, depending on what happens with the CB, with the HBO Max. And I know we're getting off topic. Ooh, what if Kara goes uh, with the Legends? Kara would be a great addition for the Legends too.
1: If you got the Superman show coming in, you know I can't foresee them doing two, you know Kryptonian, you know. TV shows cuz I can't think of a better term. Mm-hmm. I can't see them doing two Kryptonian TV shows at the same time after a while.
0: You know, why not put Kara on Legends? It'd be a great fit. They need to add some star power over there of of a big superhero name. Yeah. So, like I said, Martian Manhunter would be a good one, Supergirl would be one. I would I was going to say originally with how Arrow ended, we would have John Stewart on that team. Yeah. But I think that's going to be tied up to the new HBO Max series when that whenever that comes out. Right. So, with all the shows that are coming out now, they are going to be debuting Supergirl, or Stargirl, rather, in May. Mm-hmm. Which, like I said, for the lineup of having five superhero shows going into summer, I think at this stage is a good thing. Yeah. I To have a strong introduction, especially for Stargirl. Even though it's been established she is on Earth 2. Right. We can still have crossovers. This does happen. It's comics, folks. This stuff does happen mm-hmm. quite often. So, with that being said... Stargirl is going to be tied into the JSA, the Justice Society of America, one of the original DC superhero teams of its time. Classic heroes, and they're making a lot of modern twists to it. Right. The trailers have come out. I have liked what I've seen. In fact, we've got Solomon Grundy coming on a show is blowing my mind. Yeah,
1: it's going to be real crazy.
0: But I'm excited to see that. And Luke Wilson starring in the show as well, mm-hmm. I think is going to be – such a wild thing to see because i would never have pictured him in the role or let alone come into the cw right or well it's not even really the cw because it's It's no it's no it's a dc universe universe show yeah but breck bassinger who's going to be playing the the title character star girl you see the the back and forth between them right now i Mm -hmm. think that it's been good chemistry that we've seen in the trailer and when this finally comes out i think it's gonna be a strong lead in for the next phase yeah because now with the shows finally coming back, we're going to have something to talk about here, which we're going to be super excited to see how Flash goes. But let me ask you this, pad mm-hmm. Of all the shows coming back, mm-hmm. Flash is probably your number one to see come back. Yeah. What are you looking forward to most seeing?
1: Uh, finally getting that Mirror Universe storyline over with because, my God, like just ended at this point. Mm. And, and just seeing where they go from here because it's been very interesting. You know, you had the reverse Flash come back for a few episodes. He's presumably off somewhere in the universe. And just kind of seeing where they go from here and where they set up for next season, because you know you're the flagship, you're the standard bearer, you know you're the, you're the ones holding the can- holding the flag. You know you got to have a strong season, and they've been kind of down for a few seasons. And I think you know if you really light a fire under them, much like uh, Stephen Amell did for whatever season was you know write this, like it's the last season. It wasn't, but look at how great that season was. Mm-hmm. Do something similar. Light a fire under the writers' butts and really put out a great
0: season. I have to agree with you. That's what I'm looking forward to most from Flash. I want to see the season really end on a high note. They usually have a great season finale. Yeah. But this season, the blood spot thing, or blood work rather, just really did not gravitate. No. Didn't really move the needle for me. The whole secret organization they're fighting right now mm-hmm. they're dragging their heels with it which, yeah. which goes to show that it's not the strongest antagonist for the flash to be fighting mm-hmm. albeit though you still have a big cast on that show yeah and i think that does hurt them in some aspects and it helps them in some aspects but when you're fighting to see who's going to be the new cisco and then you bring cisco back right. right so now you have three characters trying to play that role yeah, it's tough. It's tough of being who's the Flash's go to, you know, off field general. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Vibe has been doing that for so long to see that they're introducing Tune to other characters to do that is really kind of going to be messy. I'd like to see them just clean up, be strong. And then if next season is going to be it and strong, and, you know, Grant Gustin should throw down that challenge like Stephen Amell did, like you said. That's what I want to see with that. Mm hmm. What do you want to see come out of Legends when it returns? More fun. You know, more craziness.
1: You know, I'm not really sure where they're going with this season. It's going to be very interesting to see. But I've been enjoying the hell out of it.
0: I've been very much enjoying it, but it's also due to the performance of Matt Ryman as Constantine. Yeah. Ryan has been killing that role. Mm Mm-hmm. And he has been such a diverse character from that group, which we talked about cookie cutter characters. Yeah. In Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Adam and... Commander Steel are exactly the same character, Mm -hmm. just different sides of a coin. So now that you're getting rid of one of them, that helps. Yeah. But then you also have the problem of, okay, you have Sarah Lance, who is arguably their best character they have on the show. Oh, yeah. You have her girlfriend, who is the secret agent of the Time Bureau. Yep. Then you have the character who was formerly Vixen but now is – a witch of their time period.
1: She, uh, she's one of the three fates from uh, Greek mythology.
0: Right. So, what's going to happen with her character and and basically how much is that, you know, standing out that you have these characters but they all kind of seem the same. And that's and that's my point with it that their personalities are very similar. That they're very edgy, they're very strong, which is great, but when you really want to stand out from a team, you got to have those characters really jump out. Because otherwise, you have the same problem you had with Agents of the Shield. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see them do a big team shakeup. Like I said, if if you want to keep um, Vixen on there, and and like I said, or bring her back yeah. as her powers, fine. I think you do that. I think you'd bring back Sarah Lance. I think you need to add a big heavy on that team, like Martian Manhunter. Mm-hmm. You need to add somebody on there that's going to fill that void because they don't really have that on that team. No, they had that when they had Firestorm, right? Who was the big powerhouse, but when you got rid of him as the big heavy, and obviously with Victor Garber leaving the show, they had to rewrite and do some different things. They're definitely missing that void because when they get into really big trouble, who is the one that really is coming in there to clean house?
1: Yeah. It's not really anybody.
0: Yeah, Heat Wave maybe, but yeah, but maybe. that's a big maybe. But that's I, if he's feeling up to it. Exactly, which he's been great as comic relief. Oh my god! Which don't I, get rid of him. No, he needs to stay on the show. Like if you if you keep your your core people, you need to keep Sarah Lance and you need Heatwave. And you need to bring back Constantine.
1: I, I, that's why I kind of hope Kara jumps over to Legends of Tomorrow just because her living with uh, Heat Wave like, 24-7, 365 would just be the funniest thing in the world. Yeah, I could definitely. Her trying to deal with Mick when like he's writing another romance novel while he's also drinking whiskey or something like that, and she's just like, what are you even doing? Yeah. It would just be comedic gold.
0: Oh, I think so. I think they need a big team shakeup. And I've always said they should bring back Kid Flash, yeah? Wally West, on that show why they let him go beyond me, but I'd love to see him return on that show and he could fill some of that void too. So by the end of the season, I definitely want to see a good storyline to lead into next year and a different team coming out of it too. Yeah. Definitely want to see some more diverse personalities, diverse characters on that show. That's what I'm really looking forward to seeing on that. And any since you really not watching Batwoman or, or Supergirl
1: Batwoman I would say I'd like to see them kind of build up and set up a major villain you know I like I said don't see Joker happening you know don't see Harley Quinn build up to maybe like a Mr. Freeze or even like a like a Two-Face mm-hmm. you know a big villain that like overarching for most of next season you know that would be very interesting to see because with Bruce being gone and there being no Batman for however many years it's been in, in that world because I forget you mm-hmm. know at the, at the top off the top of my head you got to imagine that, you know, the major criminals, you know, the Jokers, the Two Faces, the Clay Faces are just running roughshod all over the city. Yeah. You know, you got to imagine they're out there doing something. I would love to see, you know, one or two of those villains show up and just kind of, you know, you think you can be better you know, you think you can kind of take the mantle and, and help save the city. Let's give you a real test.
0: I'd like to see that. The only thing I worry about is with the new Batman movie coming out by Brian or Matt Reeves. Yeah. Are they going to have a problem with them barring villains a la when Arrow was doing the Suicide Squad? Yeah. That's the only thing I fear because what I would love to see is the gentleman who played Penguin on Gotham mm. come to that show and play, and play Penguin, but yeah, a different version. Yeah, that'd be good. I'd love to see that. That'd be good. But I'd like to see them finish on a strong note and really grow for next season. See if I, Danny DeVito would do it. Oh, he's
1: done. T- he's doing TV these days.
0: This, this is true. You could bring in some of the Sunny in Philadelphia oh cast. Oh, God. I don't, I don't think you'd be able to handle that. Oh,
1: I need that crossover. Oh. Oh, I need that crossover. It's always Sunny with Batwoman. Uh, oh, I need
0: that. I just planted that seed in there.
1: Charlie, Day on Batwoman, please.
0: Yeah. And Supergirl, I'd like to see them transition because, obviously, we've touched upon this, too. I don't think the CW is going to run two Superman show, two Kryptonian shows on at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I'd love to see Supergirl transition into Legion of Superheroes. Love to see that happen. They've already planted some seeds in there, and it's worked when you have that cast in there. Sure. I'd love to see that. And for Stargirl, I'm just wanting to see how they're going to do the JSA. Yeah. Because I know they're going to make a lot of those characters modern, Mm -hmm. which can work. I mean, the comics have shown that it can work in a a modern timeline. But to see those classic characters evolve and see what we get – I'm really excited to see, especially there, to have this much faith in that show is huge for the DC Universe and CW that you're airing them on both.
1: Because
0: mm-hmm. you typically don't have that crossover happening. You can't do it with certain shows. Titans, you can never do it. Yeah. Doom Patrol, no way you can do it. And Swamp Thing, Swamp Thing should get a run on a different show. Uh-huh. I don't think it got enough to play, but I would like to see that it gets far enough that they would do a Justice League Dark. Right. That's what I want to see that show evolve into. But for Stargirl to get the, the double nod of, super, or of CW and the DC Universe I think is a, is a strong indication of how that show is going to be, and I could see that being a big sleeper show. Uh-huh. I really do. But to get the nods, like I said, from the two major streaming platforms you're going to have, CW and dc universe that's a huge deal to make oh yeah but we all kick off on the 21st so let us know what you think hit us up on that hashtag hashtag odph what are you excited about to see the cw come back are you excited for flash and legends tomorrow are you skipping them and why let us know we're gonna take a quick break we'll be right back Well, hello there. I'm Brian Wayne, host of the Cheers to Comics podcast, and I'm here to bring you the ultimate comic book podcast for readers and lovers and collectors of all levels. Whether you're trying to get caught up on last week's books or you're just looking to check out the latest interview with the latest creator, this is the podcast for you. So, if you're looking for a comic book show that doesn't stray away from the topic and you're looking to get an insight from a true fan and lover of this industry then tune into the cheers to comics podcast three times a week as i brian wayne raise a glass to this wonderful wonderful industry that is comics cheers Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast. Pat, kick us off with those one-shots. So I'm going to talk about a couple things. First being we
1: got a trailer for the final four episodes of Star Wars, The Clone Wars. Yes, it's coming to an end very quickly. Uh, the final four episodes, which are the Siege of Mandalore arc, are back quickly approaching. Uh, the first episode will air this Friday. Uh, and the season finale, well, normally the, the show's been show's uh, episodes have been premiering on Friday. No, the final episode, coincidentally enough, will air on Monday, May the 4th. Because why not why not but uh, if you go to the star wars uh youtube page and watch the trailer it's just a minute long gives you enough to this is going to be absolutely nuts like if it wasn't already hinted at like we talked about a couple of, uh, a couple months ago when the season seven trailer got released it, oh it looks like we're going to be seeing order 66 they put the writing on the wall like it says the war a couple action sequences and then cut back to the text and says is about to end and it just looks
0: absolutely nuts. It looks bonkers. Like, I am not the big Star Wars fanatic that Pat is. Uh huh. But I was amped up watching this. I'm yeah. going, okay, what is. Like, okay. Yeah. I'm going to need to tune in and watch it. No, yeah, it's it's going to be
1: great. It's going to be very interesting to see just because, you know, we see Captain Rex. You know, Anakin's uh, clone commander is with, uh, with Ahsoka. You know, they're going to be on Mandalore. She's fighting Darth Maul, who's got his double bladed lightsaber. You know, it's just going to be very interesting and very nuts to see. You know, I know some people have been critical of the last few episodes with Ahsoka kind of going on a journey and, and smuggling a little bit. But, the you know, when we saw her leave, you know, the last time we saw her on this, the Clone Wars, she walked away from the Jedi Order. The next time she showed up was in Rebels where she was, you know, fulcrum and she was, you know, the mysterious informant. You know, so there's a lot of in-between time to fill. And I think it was good to see her kind of like see how she reacted and kind of adapted to hey i'm not a jedi anymore i don't really have anything telling me what to do or where to go so definitely some interesting episodes but the ones next upcoming with the siege of mandalore is going to be nuts it's going to be crazy i wonder i'm kind of curious to see what they tie in with it you know especially being you know order 66 is going to get involved that's right in the middle of revenge of the sith it's going to be very interesting to see what happens
0: yeah, because anytime you throw around Order sixty six, it's like uh-huh. it's going down. Yeah,
1: uh, other thing we got to talk about is uh, according to a report from Kotaku, Grand Theft Auto the next Grand Theft Auto is in quote early development. Uh, the, the report I, I highly recommend you go read the article. It's a very interesting read, especially after. You know, especially about how uh, the folks at Rockstar are making some workplace changes after they, they came under some very understand, deserved criticism uh, after uh, Rockstar co-founder Dan Hauser, who has since left the company, commented about working a 100-hour work weeks on Red Dead Redemption 2, which hundred hours work weeks is a little insane. Yeah. So it, it, it's a larger article about the changes they've made there and trying to get a, uh, do away with kind of the work crunches. But the big news coming out is that grand theft, the next grand theft auto, whether it's called grand theft auto six or some other title is in the early stages of development. And I, now I know there's more than a few people going, Oh my God. Yes. When's it coming out? Uh, no release date, obviously, but I can just say this not anytime soon. Uh, because you know, early development, uh, on Grand Theft Auto 5 was started in 2008. Mm. And, uh, you know, f- right after Grand Theft Auto 4's release, Grand Theft Auto 5, and this is hard to believe, Grand Theft Auto 5 itself was not released until September of 2013. So it was a full five years of development. So if, For real? Oh, yeah. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 was much the same. Like, right after Red Dead Re- Grand Theft Auto 5 came out, the team started working on Because the same team that worked on Grand Theft Auto 5 worked on... Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. So right after tw- uh, September 2013 when Grand Theft Auto 5 came out they started working on Red, Red Dead Redemption 2 and that didn't come out t- for five years. So by and large these games from Rockstar North you know who's a uh, subdivision of Rockstar Games they take about five years uh, with their history to work on their games but since they're you know according to this article they're changing them some things they're letting them take longer might be longer than five years. Either way. It will not be coming out on the PlayStation 4 or Xbox One. It'll be coming out on the next-gen consoles, and we're going to have to wait a while, but it's going to be nuts, and I cannot wait.
0: It sounds crazy. I mean, yeah. like, the fact that GTA has exploded like it has mm-hmm. and from where it began. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it screams fast and furious for video games. But, Pretty much. But it's just so over the top. The mm-hmm. fan base is there, and oh, yeah. it's just
1: it's crazy. It's, it's gotten so over the top that, like, if you haven't played Grand Theft Auto in a while, you know, Grand Theft Auto V introduced a stock market feature in the game. Like, active, <laughs> ongoing. Like, there's a whole side mission. There's a whole there's a whole set of side missions where you go to, like, you know, go to assassinate some business heads. Mm-hmm. And if you do it right and you you place money in the stock market on the right companies at the right time and then you sell them at the right time, you can make a boatload of money. It, it the, the detail of these games is just insane.
0: Yeah, I mean, how video games have evolved and let alone GTA. Mm-hmm and I know it's going to be Fever Pitch, is going to be absolutely crazy. Yep. So for my one shot, I got to shout out our guy, Brian Wayne, from Cheers to Comics. Mm -hmm. Now, this weekend is going to be CyberCon on Facebook. Okay. So facebook.com slash H-W-W-S. So H-W-W-S, CyberCon, all one word. And it is going to be a virtual Comic-Con going on. And Brian... Is going to be doing his first live podcast. Okay. On the over the weekend, it's going to be on April eighteenth, two to four p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So wherever you are listening to the world, and shout okay. out to you for listening. I uh, just set your dials for that. Click over to the Facebook page, and you—he's going to be interviewing David Popos, Rylan Grant, and Luis Cruz, a quadriplegia creator that draws with his mouth. Oh wow. So Brian is going to be doing great interviews. I mean, if you listen to Cheers to Comics, he does this on the regular whenever he's talking to any comic creator. But let alone this is his first live podcast. He's going to absolutely crush it. We're going to be tuning in. I'm going to make sure that we have the link pinned to the Facebook page or to our Twitter account Mm -hmm. over the weekend. So you can definitely check it out. And for more information, like I can stress enough, if you're looking for something to do over the weekend and everything going on with C19, if you're going to be home. Definitely check this out, Yeah, facebook.com slash H-W-W-S CyberCon, all one word, and definitely check out Brian and what he's doing, because he's going to absolutely crush it this weekend on that. And the whole event is going to be cool, too. Yeah. Anything we can kind of do to get our minds off everything going on, Yeah, and especially... Con season is a big deal for us. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And if, uh, speaking of con season, I got to jump in for a second. Sure. Uh, while nothing has been officially announced, uh, I've been reading some tea leaves and gazing into some crystal balls uh, the last couple of days. It hasn't been announced, but I'm going to go on record and say i don't think san diego comic-con is going to be happening this year yeah uh that the reason being is uh california governor gavin newsom had a press conference uh yesterday as we record where by and large he talked about you know how they're going to get you know their state's economy up and running and all the businesses back open again and, and stuff like that but one of the questions that got brought up is you know having mass gatherings which right now you cannot have in pretty much any state in the United States, Uh, you know, mass gatherings got brought up and he said, I can't foresee having gatherings of, you know, hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of people right now, you know, until we get a vaccine and other things, which kind of factors in San Diego comic-con. Now the other thing, you know, so no gatherings of people of comic-con size. So that's kind of going against it. Right. The other one is the usual lottery system you have for hotels and tickets, which are nor and, and, and or which are not out right now, and I know that there was uh, some hotel out there that had a thing open, but that quickly got closed, and you can't get back into it, and you can't do anything with it. Also, you would have some you know celebrity VIP attendee, you know, much like with uh, New York Comic Con would announce, "Hey, we've got you know this actor and this actress and this author and this person coming." San Diego would normally have those starting to roll out about now; mm. those are not coming. Uh, there's also the fact that uh, right now the San Diego Convention Center is currently being used as a homeless shelter for uh, those fo- folks who are homeless. All right. So all that being said, they haven't announced it yet because I would imagine the folks in charge of San Diego Comic-Con are working with folks on their end, insurance and, and the other folks to figure out what they're going to do or what the plan is or what they can do. But my guess right now is that San Diego Comic-Con will not be happening this year.
0: It'll be a sad time if that is the case, which yeah. under the circumstances, completely understand. Yeah. We have not heard anything official about New York Comic Con no.
1: or Robercon. The only thing we know with uh, New York Comic Con is that uh, about what about a month ago, yeah, month and a half ago, they opened the vendor list. Was it?
0: Yeah, they're they're keeping on track with all their normal proceedings. Yep. So if you are planning on going to New York Comic Con. Just keep following their social media. And they're very,
1: they're very good about social media. They are
0: very good about it. So everything is still on track, albeit it's way early to predict what's going to yeah. happen there. Yeah. So if you're planning on going, and I know a good majority of our listeners are based in the Northeast and do happen to meet up with us down there, just stay tuned to New York Comic Con's social yep. media accounts. Whenever we find something, we're going to be sharing it out. It is business as usual thus far. Yep. So we cannot stress that enough. And what's going to happen in the future, we don't know. Same thing with Robocon locally. Yep. We haven't heard anything. Yeah. Because um, I did get hit up on social media about it. Yeah. I don't know anything going on there. Right. As um, soon as we it, do, it's, we'll post. it's
1: too far out right now. The only thing we can say if New York Comic Con happens, you know, you've had a lot of major cons uh, so far canceled Emerald City Comic Con, WonderCon, San Diego Comic Con. If New York Comic Con happens, it's already the second biggest con in the United States, if not the planet, you know, quickly approaching the first. Mm-hmm. If New York Comic Con happens this year, it is going to be nuts because you think about it. It's kind of like a low-key thing. you know, there's still some big stuff, you know, there's still some crazy, you know, Marvel's done some big stuff and I know DC's, you know, what their animated stuff has done some big stuff and even Sony's done some stuff. There was the one year they had uh into the Spider-Verse, they showed like what was it, the first 45 minutes or something. Yeah, they showed
0: they, the entire first like half of they it. They showed
1: the first half of the movie. But that's with, you know, San Diego and some of the other cons already have happened, you know, and they've made their big announcements and they've done their big stuff. They haven't done that this year. You know, because all those other conventions have happened. Mm. You know, so the, oh, hey, we're planning, you know, DC, for example. Oh, hey, we're planning a Constantine movie for 2023. You know, those big announcements that would, you know, the Hall H moments at San Diego. Those aren't happening this year. You know, their next big convention that I can think of is New York Comic Con.
0: That's the one that would draw the most interest, Uh I I think, worldwide. Yeah. Because New York has grown every year. Oh, yeah. And I, I will already say this. By the time that that happens, and I'm I'm hoping C nineteen is flattened out and we start seeing return to normalcy by then. That con is gonna have so much Marvel stuff going on. Oh my god, it's gonna be crazy. Black Widow is be out a month after. Is it Wonder Woman around then too? Wonder Woman is August. Oh, so okay. that that will already be gone, but okay. I'm not saying we won't hear about Shazam too. Yeah. And Black Adam, yeah, and we won't hear about Suicide Squad in some aspect. There will be that might be
1: that might if if New York Comic Con happens every year, DC brings the costumes for their next film. Right, that might be the costumes that are at the, they're
0: at the DC booth. Right, so anything like really possible. What's going to happen? Yeah. Just, I'm going to say this: if there's one con to get to, and if you can, and if it's up and running, New York is the one to go to. Oh yeah. But wherever you are, if you know of a con that's going to be going on locally, go support it. Yeah. And we cannot stress enough on this show. I know 3 Fat Nerds does it over on their podcast. Horror Zone 607 does it. I know Pinta Comics has been shouting out their local comic shop. Shout out to them because they do an awesome podcast too. Uh, Geek Freaks Out West too. They've been doing a great thing. Frank and his team have been highlighting their local comic shops. We can't stress enough the hashtag support local movement. I mean, it is such a, a really important movement to be doing at this time. So if you know your comic book shop is shut down or doing deliveries or uh, pickup service, go check them out, support them in any way you can. Same thing with your local restaurants, your local businesses, your local artists. We have a lot of great bands that allow us to play their music on our show. Yeah. We're trying to support them as much as possible. We can't stress enough. So if you know that they're going to be doing an event such as like CyberCon, we can't stress enough to go to it, let alone, like, our friend Brian is going to absolutely crush it interviewing David, Rylan, and Louise. I can't wait to hear all three of those interviews. I'm super excited for that, mm-hmm. let alone what else is going on that con. It's going to have me glued to my internet all weekend, so I'm super excited to be talking about that. And it's a way to support, too, that you're supporting your fandoms and your local fandoms because right now things are tough, let's be honest. No mm-hmm. way, there's no way to sugarcoat it. Oh, yeah. Anything you can do to support local is great. And anything that you can do to support somebody else's local is great too, if you can. So we're going to be supporting that. Like I said, we're going to be plugging CyberCon all weekend. So if you want something to do, that's the best way to check it out. And just stay tuned for everything else. Because right now, it's best to just stay home, stay healthy, and stay strong as much as possible. Because that is what everybody should be doing. And if you can go out and support something local, support creators, independent creators, go do that. It cannot stress this enough. I know I'm repeating myself. I don't care. Go out and support as much as you can local because it means the absolute world to do. So that being said, the music you heard on this week's episode of the ODPH Entertainment Edition is that of Shout at the Robots. They are a great band Everybody should be listening to them. How do you find out about them? Simple. OchoDuroParleyHour.com slash music. Go over there. You can check them out. You can check out Second Suitor. You can check out Yard Party, who has an incredible album out called In Search of an Exit. You can check out Floodlands, Honker, uh, Fair City Fire from Austin, Texas. Brian Wolfe is doing stuff on Facebook all the time. In fact, Clint from the band has just started a solo project, too. They have a lot going on. All there, you can go check out some great music, download it, and you'll be entertained, guarantee you. Also on OchoDuroParlayHour.com, you can check out Parlay Points, our commentary blog section. You can check out the ODPH directory where you'll find friends of the show, such as Tom from Off the Cuff Gaming, who's going through Final Fantasy VII, the remake. All right. And he is absolutely crushing it. If you have not checked out his content, what are you waiting for? If you're down for streaming... He wants that interaction. He calls it out every week. He does his hashtag Spam Sunday because he wants to interact with you. So definitely go check him out. We jump in the chats when we can. And he goes deep diving. He makes it so you can just jump right in and learn about the games. Also on that directory, you can check out Excite Wrestling, who is adding so much content to their YouTube channel, Classics. It is ridiculous. And Moose allegedly had some announcement today. I don't know what it is. He did not tell me. He just said, I'm posting something. So we got to go check that out after the show. But if you want to find out about that, it's a quick and easy link. And also on the ODPH directory, you can find out about all the great podcasting groups we are in and their Podchaser lists. So you can check out the Legion Independent Podcast. You can check out the Apocalypse community, which Brian from Cheers of Comics is the head of. You can check out Hashtag 607 Podcast. You can check out Pod Nation. Go to that Podchaser list. Is 24 hours left in the hashtag reviews for good movement that Podchaser is doing. If you leave a review for a podcast, it is 25 cents to Meals on Wheels of America. If you are a podcast and you get a review, leave feedback for that review, it's another 25 cents that Podchaser is donating. Raises much money and you're helping out your, your communities in the U.S. for Meals on Wheels. It's a great cause to do. Enough said there. Also on the ODPH website, we have the button up for live stream for The Cure. We, the ODPH, Three Fat Nerds, and Tom from Off the Cup of Gaming are teaming up for one hour of content. We have narrowed down what we're doing. We haven't officially announced it yet, but we, are, we know what we're pulling off. And we are going to be on Sunday, May 31st from 1 to 2 p.m. on twitch.tv slash Guys. So shout out to Nick and Justin. Thank you so much for letting us be a part of this event. Anything that we can do to help kick a cancer's ass, I'm down for 24-7. But let alone you're going to have five days, if I'm doing my math right, 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th, and 31st of May. On that channel, a great group of independent podcasts are going to be on there doing stuff. Countdown's doing stuff. Paul and Wayne are going to be doing. If you're not listening to their film podcast, what are you waiting for? So Wizard is going to be on Sunday, I believe, before us. Um, and you know, the Joey Marcellus and Aubrey are going to crush it on there too. So many great other podcasts. You want to find out who's going to be doing what Livestream for the And they are doing early donations as well. So please, if you can support, support it. All of that can be found on Ocho Duro parlay pad. That's all I got for this week. So for the one and only Pat Awanjay, Thank you. Thank you. I'm your host, Ken A. Thank you so much for listening to the ODPH podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. We'll see you next time.